Hello and welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob. And Scott. And this week we're going to be reviewing the craziness that happened, not only in the games last week, but also the trades and lineup decisions, interesting stuff going on. Just a lot of the teams just randomly deciding that they were going to move things around a little bit. Some injuries and some key acquisitions being made. Yeah, really crazy week in total. So let's get right into it here. Yes. Usually we recap the Bills and Packers game. Obviously no Bills game with the main gone by, but quite a lot to unpack here with the Packers 23-21 loss to the Washington Commanders. Mm. Yet another frustrating game filled with the same mistakes that we've been seeing for weeks now. Uh, just lack of, like, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon getting 12 carries between the two of them for this game. Just unacceptable. Uh, I, I have a big bone to pick about that one. Yes, please digress. Your team is up 14-3. to 14-3. to <laughs> yes, You have are. a big lead. What do you want to do when you have a big lead? You want to chew clock mm-hmm. and just stay on the field as long as possible. And you know what happens to be the best part of your offense, Green Bay? Your running backs. Damn right. Why are they not on the field? Why are they not getting touched in that snare? That makes zero sense to me. And Washington is running two high safeties? Hello? Hello? <laughs> yes. Like, obvious running situations, but they're still passing. I, it's insane. And we don't know who's to blame. Like, we don't know as as, as, as fans of the game, watching the game, is it Matt LaFleur calling that play or is it Aaron Rodgers changing it? We're never going to know. But either way, it's just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I just couldn't believe that. It's insane. Like Aaron Jones is a an all pro caliber player who's like so dynamic. And I saw they pulled up the the graphic during the game when he gets fifteen or more catches or fifteen or more touches in a game. The Packers are thirty one and two. When he gets less than fifteen, they're ten and nine. That just goes to show you. I mean, he's the most dynamic. He's the best player on offense, I think. I would agree. And like third and one, fourth and one, those situations. Okay, AJ Dillon is massive he is quadzilla you got third and one fourth and one situations why are you not running aj dylan he's a battering ram 100 percent. i heard somebody else make that point too and 100 percent agree with that why would you not do that right if you're not going to use him for that what are you going to use him for yeah, what, why are these players on your team? Right. When he was considered one of the best running back candidates in the nfl and you give them 12 touches um, it's just it's insane, and I feel like I, we've I've been saying this for like the past three weeks. It feels like I'm watching the same exact game. Like they do decent in the first half. They usually come out of the of halftime with the lead, and they make no second half adjustments. Their defense utterly collapses because they're coming on the field like that because offense goes three and out. Which I still think the defense is really good. I'm not really too disappointed in that, but it's just the lack of competency on the offense is just infuriating, and it's just. Like you said, like when you have a lead, especially, you want the game to end. Like, let's get this clock running. And especially when you're supposedly a better team, that's a lot of times what you can do is keep the other team off the field. Exactly. And, and then just there's limit the amount of chances they can have. Right. Instead of gassing your defense, just milk that clock out. Don't let them come back into the game. You have a solid lead. Let's protect it now. Let's, you know, just play. You don't even have to play spectacular football. Just play it safe. And they're not, they're like, the commanders aren't a good team. We both know this. They're not a good football team. So, I don't know. This was supposed to be the easy part of the Packers' schedule. They completely blew it. They're 3-4. and four. 
they're not playing good football. And uh, I, I just, I don't know what to say beyond that. It's just a whole, a whole mess there. And I don't, I honestly don't know how they fixed it. Um, but it, it did look, I will say, some positives coming out of the game. I, I, as a Packer fan, I want to grasp onto something. And the offensive line did look a little bit better. They rearranged it a little bit. Um, so, hey, I guess there's that. And guess what? We didn't fall completely flat because we did get a touchdown, uh, a pretty good touchdown drive and catch by Aaron Jones at the end. So usually the Packers would just fall flat. They did uh, muster one final drive, but too little too late. But just unacceptable there by the Packers. But another frustrating loss, I think, for both of us was seeing the Colts fall to the Titans this week. Just the Titans aren't a very great team, in my opinion. And the Colts really looked like they had something going with a good offensive performance the week before, but just unable to keep that going. Yeah, absolutely. I know myself, Rob, and many other people were high on the Colts coming into the year, thinking they could easily take that division. Yes. But it has not been the case. It's been a, a very rough go for Indianapolis and a lot of struggles. Struggles by Matt Ryan, struggles just in general. And news came down days later from the Colts that they will be benching Matt Ryan for the rest of the season in favor of Sam Ellinger. Yes, which had nothing to do with um, his shoulder sprain. They said it would, would have happened regardless. So interesting there. I wonder... If they meant that even if they won the game, it would have happened, or I'm not sure exactly on that, but interesting. They kind of were out on Matt Ryan even before the game started. And I do feel for him in a way, but looking it up, he was having one of the worst years of his career. Oh, awful. Awful. A career low is in yards per attempt, the highest interception percentage of his career. I think nine touchdowns, nine interceptions, like... Yes. Yeah, no, just... That's not winning football. No, it is not. And, like, like think about what the Colts and the Titans did this offseason. Like, the Colts got better, I think, and the Titans just lost players. Like, how are they still the cream of the crop in this crappy division? Like, how is... It's just... The Colts are the better team, but they just haven't been playing up to their potential. And I know Shaq Leonard has been out. I, I looked at... I, is he coming back this next week? He was questionable this week again. Okay, yeah, he's a staple of that team. I mean, you still have Tennessee. They're still number 21 in points per game. Yeah, I mean, it's still a shot. Good. It's a tight division. I mean, maybe Sam Ellinger comes in and impresses and, all of us. And Tennessee is also number 31 in yards per game. Ugh. So I don't know how we're back here crowning them king once again. Yeah. I feel like they're severely overrated at this point. Yeah, me too. Maybe there is a good chance to win this division because Jacksonville's not as good as maybe we thought through a couple of weeks. Yeah. And Indianapolis, I don't think, can put much of a fight, especially with Sam Ellinger and a quarterback. Right. So maybe a team that's not even that good in Tennessee still wins the division and just gets creamed in the first round. Yeah, I think that's what it's bound for. Yeah, unfortunately, you, you like to see... Uh, I'm certainly not a Titans fan, <laughs> and I don't think they're very good either. But uh, the Jets, the Giants, both coming out with wins. The Jets are five and two. Giants are six and one. I mean, I think we looked ahead at the year and after like week two or three, and we both said, "Look, the Giants can come out of this with a really good record if they can just win these games," and they have been. Yeah, pulling off wins versus Baltimore. Yeah, and now Jacksonville. Like, 
good. They pulled out some decent wins here, and really see themselves sitting good. Uh, as much as uh, maybe a talent poor team they have, they continue to win. Yes, and their wins haven't been like pretty football. It's been pretty ugly, but a win is a win at the end of the day. And uh, I feel like this, there's been a lot of like bad football happening. Like the teams we thought were going to play well, it just really have not. And I, although the Jets and Giants are among the top in their conferences, I don't really think they're all that good still. Like I'm still not sold on the Giants as a good team. Absolutely. But going back to what I'd said at Biner Nine a couple weeks ago, Daniel Jones is still and their offense is still going to be the number one reason why I'm not going to be able to get behind the Giants yes. this year. I mean, I was just looking up some of his metrics in terms of how he was doing throughout the league. I mean, he's number 23 in passing yards here. He doesn't throw a lot of picks, only two picks on the year, but only five touchdowns. Yeah. Averaging 6.5 yards attempt. I mean, not that good, really. Just overall, not great stats. Right. And I think that's about as much as you're going to get from Daniel Jones, though. He's not causing them to lose like he has been in years past. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, they definitely want to um, look to upgrade at quarterback after this year. I saw somebody refer to Daniel Jones this week as Brian Dable's Josh Allen. <laughs> no. He's, he's Brian. He's the Giants. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. He's not... <laughs> He's not hurtling guys and throwing 50-yard bombs down the field. <laughs> okay, he's just he's game-managing right now. No, he, he's not going to be molded into no. much of anything. At this point, no. I mean, decent like decent enough, but I think the, the fact that, this is how I look at it, the fact that Daniel Jones is leading the Giants to 6-1. and one. Like, imagine what they could do with an actual quarterback that, you know, can play at an elite level. Yes. And I've just been more than impressed with Brian Dayball as a coach. Like, what a turnaround from last year. Like, that's incredible. Really revitalizing Saquon Barkley in that offense just looks really good. Yeah, certainly. Done a very good job with that team. Yes. And, I mean, going to your point about the Jets, very, very similar thoughts there. Zach Wilson has really not done much of anything no. to this point. And I don't know that you're going to see much of anything either. After this, so, I mean, the, the Jets offense, again, I don't really trust. There's a lot of pieces I like a lot. I've said several times, I've really liked their receiving core. Yes, I do as well. I mean, their running game looked great before the Brees Hall injury, but when Zach Wilson's your quarterback, hmm. throwing for under 200 yards a game, it's very consistently, limited. you're not going to win a lot of games that way. Yeah. You're not going to go up against some of the best teams in the AFC and come out with a win very often, if ever. Yes, I agree. I agree. I think the the Giants are more sustainable right now than the Jets are, just because I trust their defense more and their ability to pull out games as well. I think they're running I mean, Saquon Barkley, obviously, um, and the Jets losing Brees Hall is huge. Um, but um, for both of them, I don't trust them to make a playoff run. But I think that just being this good is a success in itself for these New York fans after just being awful for the last few years. I think this is just refreshing. Like, I don't really think any Giants or Jets fan would tell you that, oh, yeah, we're a serious contender this year. But just seeing that record, like, oh, we're not just the the trash of the NFL anymore. It's just refreshing for them. 100% it is. 
and the Seahawks <laughs> rolling the Chargers. My gosh, what is with the Chargers, man? What is with the Chargers? Just being completely just run down by injuries, really. Yeah, them and the 49ers, just horrible luck with that. But still, even with the injuries they've had, I feel like you'd like to see more from a Chargers team. Yeah, they, I mean, they just kind of look like the same old Chargers, which I hate. I, I really uh, was sold on the Chargers this year. Oh, 100%. I was well to see more from them. And, yeah, they've lost some weird games. Yeah, it just appears like they, the inconsistency is still there with this team. They just haven't found their identity as as a elite contender. I don't know what it's going to take for them to do it. Getting healthy would definitely be a start. <laughs> I mean, even even with the Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in this game, Austin Eckler still loved them in receptions. Yeah. And receiving and receiving yards. So. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah, some very odd things going on in LA. Yes, I wonder if they 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 should be thinking about acquiring someone because that's what the the great teams in the league are seeming to be doing at this moment. Um, with the Chiefs acquiring Kadarius Tony, and the uh, the Eagles acquiring Robert Quinn, right? These the Chiefs and the Eagles right now are like two of the best in the league, and they're getting even better. And I feel like this is what really good teams do: is they just keep acquiring stuff. They're like, "Oh, we're good, but we could be better." So I feel like that is really the smart the thing that the good teams are doing is they're never satisfied with how good they are. They feel that they can always get a little bit better. And maybe there's no better point to this than the Rams winning the Super Bowl last season. Yes, with Von Miller and, and Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, they they made a lot of moves. There is quite a fine line. You have to walk with that. Because when you start spending multiple years of first-round picks and multiple high picks out of your way to do so, you could really leave yourself strapped in the future. But making moves like the Eagles did for Robert Quinn and making moves like the Chiefs did for Darius Tony are smart moves for not huge amounts of capital that can improve weaker spots on the team and were very good moves for their teams in general. Yes, and the McCaffrey trade as well, I think. I mean, the 49ers, looking at their, they are lower on draft stock for quite some time. Right. But maybe not as high a price for McCaffrey as some had reported. Yes, I mean, I think that's a steal. I mean, what was it, a second, third, fourth, and then a fifth in next year's draft? Yes. Yeah, I mean, just to, like, think about think about like how good McCaffrey is. Like, what player are you going to draft in those rounds that's going to come in and have the impact that McCaffrey's going to have for, like, at least a year or two years? Like, a, th- a second, okay, second's a, pr- a pretty quality pick, but third, fourth, and fifth, like, you're guessing at that point. And I feel like having... Just getting an established player that's already proven to be like elite is much better than taking a chance at a maybe. Like for teams that say, "Oh, I, I'm so glad we didn't spend that capital on on McCaffrey." Like let me just rephrase that for you. I'm so glad we didn't trade away players that might be good but won't see the field for at least a year for an established star player. Like that just does not make sense. It blows my mind that anyone would think that keeping those picks for McCaffrey is is a good idea. Like it's not even a first round pick. Well, a lot of what I've seen talked about, too, is when you're a good team and you're up against the cap, you want more picks, you want more shots at guys that can be good, that can fill roles on your team when you've paid lots and lots of guys. And even a similar phrase is said for teams that are bad. We want picks for more shots at guys. Maybe it's more teams in the middle 
that are saying we need to sell out for this. Right. I think so. I think when you're a good, like when you're a good team like the 49ers are, uh, draft picks like, I'm not. It's not like they don't matter because I think they do matter, but just there's so many busts and like drafting is still an imperfect art. Like every year there's going to be teams that just you're like, why did we pick that guy? It's because in the end you really don't know anything. You're just you're you're guessing. You know very educatedly and there's lots of people that look into that stuff. But I'm not one of them, by the way. I'm just want to get that out there. I'm no draft guru, but just from um, a you know a watcher's perspective, it just to me it just I'd rather have the player that I already know is good right now than maybe this player will be good for me, and especially for winning teams. Like if I'm a bad team, I definitely want those picks to build a new team that will be good. But if I'm already good, I want to try to win the Super Bowl as you know as hard as I can. I'm gonna push all my chips in to give myself the best chance to win the Super Bowl. And maybe that's what the 49ers need and what appears to be a wide-open NFC right now. Yes. Like, that. to me, that just... They're, like, the clear favorites to win the division now, in my opinion. I mean, with the struggles of the Rams, I mean, certainly can. But, I mean, those two will play this week, and that may tell a lot. Yes. Yeah, I, I, that should be a good game, but the 49ers have had their number, I think, the past couple of years. Yes, they have. With Shanahan. Yeah, kind of weird, though. Like, McVay, Shanahan, like... You think McVay would get him at least one of these times, but I mean, and they really dominated a few weeks ago versus the Rams. Yeah, yeah, just kind of one of those weird division things that just we see sometimes, just like the Colts and the Jaguars. Like despite how good the Colts, how much better the Colts seem to be every year, they just can't beat the Jags for whatever reason. Although they did beat them uh, a couple weeks ago, but they, when they go into Jacksonville, they just cannot do it. It's just it's odd. I never really kind of understood that. I guess it's just a psychological thing at, at some point. But, uh, yeah, so lots of crazy stuff happening. Um, for my Packers, I really want you know us to go out and get something. But seeing how they have done so far, maybe it wouldn't even make that much of a difference. But hopefully they will rebound uh, this next week against a really good Bills team. Uh, and with that, we're going to go into our Week 8 picks. And we're going to start it off with the Thursday night matchup, Baltimore Ravens against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Very good game in this one. And I have the Baltimore Ravens coming out on top. As do I. Uh, They're probably going to give all Ravens fans a heart attack in the process, but (laughs) I think they will hold on to the lead that they'll eventually have and come out against a struggling Bucs team here. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Bucs have definitely had... A uh, very interesting time as of late. Yes. I mean, losing to the Panthers last week. Mm, worst loss of the week, in my opinion. So a lot of people have been considering how good the Bucks even are. But uh, I do have one thing to end this. I'll mark my words here. Mark my words. Mark my words. Here it comes. By the end of the season, Tampa Bay will not have only won their division, but be considered elite. Oh, okay. We're marking it. So Scott is marking his words on this one, boys. And by the end of the season, Tampa Bay will be considered an elite team. Oh, bold statement after they lost to the worst team in football. <laughs> 21-3 uh, after they traded away their best player. But uh, I like it. I like the audacity there. Um, so Tom Brady, a grizzled veteran, may be thinking he should have retired. But uh, we'll see. We'll see when all is said and done. We'll keep tabs on that one. I'm not not so high on that one. <laughs> I don't know about that. But we'll see. We'll see. Anything can happen. 
And then we got the second matchup of the week. And this is a 9.30 game in London. Or, oh my gosh. I feel so bad for everyone in London. They get to see the Denver Broncos face the Jacksonville Jaguars in an absolute barn burner. <laughs> Who do you have prevailing in this one? I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, me too. I mean, Jacksonville's a team that people thought maybe would be good as the season started. And kind of fell off after that. Yeah. Both teams sitting at 2-5. and five, Really not that competitive in the AFC. But I've still liked what I've seen from a building Jaguars team. And I think they can defeat the Denver Rungos. Yes, yes. I think the, yeah. I mean, the Jaguars, they're young. That's why you've kind of been seeing an inconsistency. But I think they're going to grow together. And I think uh, I like the culture there now. They kind of cleaned house. And, uh, yeah, the Broncos just look stale. I think this could be it for Hackett if he loses this game. Uh, they're not going anywhere fast. Then you got the Carolina Panthers facing off against the Atlanta Falcons. Panthers coming up with a big win last week. Falcons losing to the Bengals. Who do you like in this game? I definitely like Atlanta in this one. Yes, I do too. I like their offensive pop, even without uh, Cordell Patterson. A very interesting offense in that that they run in Atlanta. Really not a ton of passing attempts from Mark and Mariota, no. but completes a lot of them. Yes, high completion percentage, efficient yardage. Like playing without Calvin Ridley for the whole year. Some people, you know, to be honest, I kind of forgot he was even a player. And um, playing without Cordero Patterson, like once they get him back, they're, look, they could give Tampa a run for their money in this division. I can't believe I'm saying that. I mean, they've certainly been... Uh, just miles better than I thought they could be. I mean, looking that up on the paper, I did not think it would be good at all. No. But they certainly proven it's, it can be throughout this year. Right, and I think this year is kind of proving that mentality is really important in the NFL. Like, these are all professional players, and they're all talented to some degree. And I think that uh, having a good coach, having a good environment, and making the players believe in what you're trying to teach is so important. I think that's proving true more than any other year this year as we're seeing kind of untalented teams, so to speak, do pretty well, like the Giants and Jets and Falcons. Yeah, 100%. And then you got the Chicago Bears, who seem to be picking up, picking things up after a really good win against the Patriots. Uh, they're facing the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm liking Dallas in this one, despite what I saw from Chicago. Yes, I, I think so too. I mean, Chicago at 3-4... and four. I wonder if that even says that they're better than they are. Mm, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I mean, yeah, Chicago, I, I don't view as a very competitive team. And I've come around on Dallas a little bit. Like, they're saying I, I didn't quite like their record when they won all those games in a row with Cooper Rush. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've come to grips a little bit. They should be a, a contender in the NFC, at least in the wild card. You had them doing pretty well in your season predictions, though, right? Yes, I did. I had them win the division, actually. Right. And I think you had them, like, 12-5, and five, if I remember. So, yeah, I mean, they've been pretty pretty decent uh, with the backup quarterback. Nice job at Mike McCarthy, though. I, I, all jokes aside on him, I think he's kind of pulling it together a little bit there. Yeah, surprisingly, yes, was really able to keep the boat the float there with uh, without Jack Prescott and has come back in a good position with him back now. Yes, I think the team kind of learned to fight on their own instead of depending on him now. Yeah. And uh, hopefully the Dolphins figured out the same thing as well without their quarterback Tua as they go on to face the Lions. Tua is back. Uh, he looked mediocre, uh, classic Tua game last week, but they were able to get the win against the Steelers, 
Who do you have winning this matchup in Detroit? I had the Miami Dolphins winning this one. I do as well, although I think this could be a sneaky, fun game. Yeah, I do too. I mean, the Lions did have a very good offensive output, and it maybe took me a little bit too long to get off the the Lions wagon that didn't really exist in the first place. <laughs> yes, we, we created the imaginary Lions wagon, and we both jumped on it, only to realize that it was indeed imaginary. <laughs> 100% true there. <laughs> it was a fun trip when, when we were on it, though, boy. <laughs> I mean, so Miami here, I actually quite like them in the AFC this year to contend for a wild card spot. They've definitely looked good in spots here, and I think they should be able to take out a win here in Detroit. Yes, I do as well. And then you got the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Minnesota Vikings, who are coming off a bye, but have to be pretty happy with how the bye week went. As Green Bay lost to the Commanders, the Cardinals, um, great defensive performance against the Saints, generating two defensive touchdowns, two pick sixes in a row. This is a very good game, in my opinion. It'll be very close, but I do think the Vikings will edge out the Cardinals here. So do I. I think it comes down to better coaching and a much better running game by the Vikings. Yes, that net they do have. And although DeAndre Hopkins is back, we'll see what, you know, they they were 8-0 last year with him, so maybe they can recapture some of that. But I, I don't think, I think they have to prove it to me first before I really trust them again. Yes, I would agree. And then you got the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Uh, pretty good matchup here. Who do you got? Both teams 2-5. and five. Sorry, Saints 2-5, and five, Raiders 2-4. and four. I waffled quite a bit on this one before ultimately choosing the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, I did as well. I think the Raiders are kind of hitting their stride a little bit. They've come around a touch more. And interesting decision by the New Orleans Saints, saying it will start Andy Dalton yet again this week. Really? Okay. Uh, three despite, three interceptions last okay, week. Despite Jameis Winston being off the injury report. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, very interesting. I mean... I guess I guess give Dalton like one more shot, see how what he can do. Maybe although Jameis is off, maybe he's still not completely healthy. They just want to take their time there. Yeah, that could certainly be part of the case. Yeah, maybe maybe we got some controversy over there. Yes. But either way, I think the Raiders are the more talented team. I still really like the Raiders. I'm not giving up on them. I think they can make a run still. And this could be a big one in getting there and getting closer to 500 again. Yes, the climb to 500 after starting the go in three. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the New England Patriots against the New York Jets in AFC East Divisional Battle. The Jets coming off a win against the Broncos. Patriots coming off a loss against the Bears. Who do you have winning this game? I have the New York Jets winning this one. Oh, okay. So I do have the New England Patriots taking the victory. And I think that um, I have no idea what the Patriots' game plan is at this point, whether it's to start Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. I have no idea what's going on with that offense. But I do know that Bill Belichick will figure it out, and I think it'll be enough to beat the Jets, who I don't think are all that they're cracked up to be. I would definitely agree with that. And yeah, maybe it's a bad decision for me to pick against New England. I mean, uh, Zach Wilson with some of the worst possible stats under pressure, oh. and I'm sure Bill Belichick is going to dial up some good blitzes for him this weekend. Yes, yes he is. And I really like the uh, Patriots' rushing attack so far. They've been pretty efficient with Stevenson and Harris. They certainly have. So I think they should uh, churn a little bit against the Jets. 
And we'll see how James Robinson inserts himself into the offense. But maybe you will probably see a bit of reduced production in that area against a good Patriots defense. One might think. So I do like the Patriots here. But uh, the Steelers and Eagles, um, I think we both have the Eagles in this game. Yes, a battle of Pennsylvania. Not much of a battle here. Nope. <laughs> I would be surprised if this was even close. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another multi-interception game from Kenny Pickett in this one. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Eagles on by last week. I missed uh, I missed them, to be honest. They're a really exciting team to watch, surprisingly. And I can't wait to see them. They're one of the most fun teams to watch. I really like watching the Eagles this year. But Jalen Hurts running around making plays. Yes, I was very wrong about that. Yes, we both were. A lot of good weapons, solid running game, and surprisingly a good coach. Yes, and I think they'll continue to roll on at 7-0. Yes, when will they be defeated? We'll see. But not this week, that's for sure. Uh, Then you got the Tennessee Titans taking on the Houston Texans. And although I'm not too high on Tennessee, I will have them beating the lowly Texans this week. As will I. Yeah, Derrick Henry, more than enough to beat the Texans. Really, the only positive on the Texans is Damian Pierce is a good running back. Yes. So latch on to that, Texans fans, because yeah. that's all you got. Yeah, going back to that stat line, that from Tennessee's offense last week in Indianapolis just really annoyed me. 30 carries from Derrick Henry and, what was it, about 130 <laughs> passing yards from Tannehill. <laughs> that's Titans football, baby. Yep. As boring as you can get. <laughs> but they pull out the W. Uh, and then we got the Washington Commanders facing the new, or sorry, the Indianapolis Colts with their new quarterback, Sam Ellinger, getting his first start. Who do you think wins this one? I have the Commanders winning this one. All right, I have the Indianapolis Colts winning this one. So I think the Colts' offense is more capable than they're pretending to be. Uh, I think the change of scenery with Sam Ellinger would give them a bit of a spark and motivation here. Could certainly be the case, but I. Again, like kind of what I've seen from Taylor Heineke was he stepped in and some of the weapons that they've got on the commander's offense and it may turn out to be a close game. Yes, Scary Terry. One of the more underrated wide receivers in the league. He's looked good as of late. Very good. Yes. I mean, imagine what he could do with a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Still making himself known, though, with, uh, with mediocre play. Although, if you're the commanders, why aren't you starting Heineke every week over Wentz? I would definitely be. Like, he's been with you a long time. He knows the system. And he plays pretty good football. Like, Wentz is not it. Like, if Wentz was playing against Green Bay this week, there's no way they would have won that game. He would have thrown an interception or something would have happened. But I think Heineke is is definitely the option there, in my opinion. And then you got the San Francisco 49ers against the Los Angeles Rams. What's going on with the Rams this year? Tell me, because I don't know. Yeah, very poor offensive performances by the Rams so far. And I feel like that's not getting talked about quite as much as teams like Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Yeah, because I think we all expected a little bit of a uh, Super Bowl hangover, but not not like this. Yeah, 100% on that. So it'll be very interesting to see if the Rams can turn it around. And again, this could be a, a big one in their division as they could pull back in the first place again. Yeah, crazy to say, as they've been 3-3, three and three, but, um, you know, I, I don't think they will. I think the 49ers have had their number the past few years, and I think as once McCaffrey kind of feels his way into a, his role in that offense, they're going to be really good. 
Uh, I like them to beat the Rams in this matchup. I will have the Rams winning this one. Oh, okay, okay. Any any insights on that? You think Cooper Cup is going to start rolling it again? Oh, I believe he will. Yes. Yeah, he's kind of been just the the sole bright spot in their offense. Mm-hmm. Definitely has been. Not a lot going on besides that. But yes, um, never count out Sean McVay and his genius. And then you got maybe the game of the week. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying that because it's between the Giants and Seahawks. Both teams coming out with a pretty impressive win last week. And uh, this is going to be a really fun matchup. Kenneth Walker, dang, I mean, what what a performance, uh, string of performances he's had. Really looking impressive. I do like the Giants to win this game and improve to 7-1, and one, though. So do I. 7-1 and one Giants. Because I, I believe I still like the Giants more than I like Seattle. Yes, I, I do as well. I like the uh, I like the coaching a lot more on, on the Giants, to be quite frank. Yes. I feel like they're less likely to throw away a game. Yes, I mean, I, I still, I think, like, Daniel Jones as an overall quarterback more than Geno Smith, despite the start of the year that Geno Smith has had. Yes, yes. He definitely has more weapons around him than Daniel Jones does with Metcalf and Lockett. Yes, but uh, Metcalf going out recently... With an injury that may look long term. Yeah, that's that's tough to see in a young receiver like that. But you know, I still think that the Seahawks have a decent shot to win this division even without Metcalf. But I think that the Giants are definitely the better team uh, as of right now. And then you got the battle between our two teams. Uh, looked like it was going to be a good matchup. Uh, in my estimation, it will not be. It's the Packers and it's the Bills. Two smallest markets in the NFL, and I do have the Bills winning this game. I know it's a shock. Who do you have coming out on this one? I also have the Bills. Yes, for for reasons we probably all know. <laughs> I think the Bills, just as a recap, I think the Bills have better coaching. They have a better passing game. They're running the ball better right now. They have better defense. They have better game management. They have better special teams, and they know how to pull out games when they're close. They know how to blow out teams. And Green Bay knows how to do none of those things. So that is why Buffalo is going to easily dispose of the Packers, in my opinion. What analysis there. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in a pit of despair right now, folks. <laughs> uh, my mind is not my own right now. <laughs> it's been a long time since my team has won. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I'm dead inside a little bit. <laughs> but I feel like the expectations being low is almost a good thing. It's, it's like freeing. It's like no more expectations. Whatever you do, boys, you can't let me down anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in all honesty, though, I, I really think the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the league right now. They just seem to be – they seem to do everything well. Like they really don't have that one weakness that you think, oh, that's going to be a problem when the playoffs come. Like they really have impressed me so far. Me too, for sure. They do a lot of things really well. They just seem to be very buttoned up. They seem to be very... They just, they're very determined. I think that's the, really the perfect word. I think they're really angry about last year, how it ended. And I, I just sense this overall determination. Like, that's not happening. We're going all the way this time. Buffalo all the way this time. <laughs> and then we got the... Oh, the Halloween matchup of the week between the Bengals and the Browns. This one ought to be ferocious, and I do have the Browns in an upset win this week. I do have the Bengals. Okay, okay. Seen the Bengals' offense roll pretty well. 
last week over Atlanta. Although they some pretty bad news for them coming down this week with Jamar Chase being placed on injured reserve. Yes, I think that's short-term injured reserve, though. So yes. hopefully it's not too major. But, yeah, I think, um, you know, Cleveland, always good for a close game. And possibly better than their record indicates, I think. Oh, for sure. Definitely better. Like, they're 2-5. and five. Broncos are 2-5. and five. Browns are much better than Denver. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob. And Scott. And we thank you all for listening to the podcast. Feel free to follow us on Spotify or YouTube. And we are tuning out. Thank you.